Mafede. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk, brought to you by the fine folks at Tango Theaters. I'm your host, Kenson Nicholas, and I'm joined by our wonderful panelists here, Jason Salas, hey. Asha Robles, and Uncle Ken on the ones and twos. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Quentin Tarantino, the acclaimed director. Uh, before we get into that, we'll talk a little bit about our movie reviews of films that we watch over the weekend. I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, at Tangle Theaters. Did you guys watch anything? Can you always have something to watch over the weekend? I was I was this it's, close from watching it, but then I was I was working on a project. You know, I take my job seriously, Asha, so you know, I gotta go out there, gotta watch the films. Eat my popcorn, eat know, my mochi crunch. Eat the popcorn, get some get nachos with jalapenos. You know, get my... How many times have you been to the movie so far in 2019? 2019? How Every many weekend. weeks have there been in 2019? <laughs> We're That's, about halfway through. So what, 26 times you've been to the movies? We're about halfway through the year. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Wow. Maybe. You know, I have a book on my desk, a little notebook. And it has every movie I watched in the theater uh, for the past, like, 10 years. And you know well, you just write you it down? Why, right? What do you mean? Because I know why. okay, I know why because I, I did the movie. You know why, and I know why because you tried in earnest, and I saw you grind. I saw you bust your ass, and I saw you really put in the work. I did because Ken was trying at one point. I don't know if you know this, Ash. Before the three of us shared an office, Ken was hell bent and at his heart set. He wanted nothing more in the world, two things, than to marry his lovely girlfriend Lonnie, <laughs> which you did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Actually, three things. Then to go to Korea, which you did. Go to Korea. And then Dang, that's a dream. to be a <laughs> verified good. Rotten Tomatoes reviewer. Top critic. Not just top a Because oh. I already was on the review thing. But that's a minor. I wanted the top critic credentials, right? The brass ring. And, uh, for, you know, unfortunately, one of the things you really need. Well, first of all, you needed to actually critique movies, right? So, luckily, you know, we had that. Uh, we had the movie review section on KOM before, prior. Um but uh, I think I stopped it after I realized, like, oh, you have to be part of a Critics Guild. And the only credible Critics Guild there were cost $500, $250 or $500 a year for membership. And I was like, I'm not going to pay $250. And don't you have to have, like, like, something like 300 published reviews or something like that? So uh, I, so I, can, I, it was like 150 you. reviews, and I had, like, a lot. So I have two. Like I said, you you went to the movies every like I two work. or three times a week. Yeah, I put in some work for years Dang. to get that critic. Respect, and you know, man. shout outs to Ron Tomatoes for not getting me. <laughs> but anyway, you're the only guy that I know would shout out to an organization for turning you down. And you're you know, a good person. Whatever. I'm a bit. You're a nice. Now guy. now we have the Real Talk podcast. Yeah, which is a lot more fun. Bigger and better things. But um, so yeah, I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It is the historical retelling uh of the california family. in the 70s like or like the late 60s during the uh charles manson era and i guess hollywood life around that time it is mm -hmm. really funny it is really plot driven um very surprising and you know if you know anything about the history behind that uh I suggest you watch it. It's just, it's such a good movie. And I think it's really different than a lot of Quentin Tarantino's typical films. Um, there, there is violence. There is a lot of profanity. 
but a lot of that is scaled down and most of the film is not driven by any of that most of that is totally character development i think it's very very interesting leo is excellent in the movie brad pitt is excellent in the movie it's it's just a super good movie Really good. Like okay, Margot let's, let's use the test that we there. always that we always did. You and I, blockbuster alumni. How would you, how would you shelve this movie if you had to categorize it? Because uh, you said it's got the elements of comedy. It's a drama. Uh, it's a drama. I, you know, I, I liken it to Boogie Nights. Like it's, it's kind of in the same mold. Like there's a lot of character development. You really get to see what make. What makes in each of these characters very interesting, their flaws and their strengths, and I, and then they do develop over time. And I think it's really, really interesting. Like um, Leonardo, he plays a actor who's kind of on the decline, and he's still trying to maintain relevance in this changing movie industry. Mm-hmm. And Brad Pitt is his stuntman and also his driver. Like he's been a stuntman for many years. And Oh, so he's the stuntman. Yeah. Wait, so even though this is, this is based on the Manson family murders, which actually happened yes. and featured real people, obviously, is this a dramatization of that or are these are they playing actual people? It's a dramatization of it. So, mm, okay. so without getting too deep into w- what's involved, some of the characters are fake, mm-hmm. right? Like some of the characters do not exist. Um, but a lot of the characters are real, although what happens to them may or may not really have occurred. Bruce Lee is in the film. They have a guy who plays Bruce Lee. Um, they have Sharon Tate. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. They have Sharon Tate. Um, they have like the notable Manson family uh people like the person that the girl who tried to kill uh, Gerald Ford mm-hmm. um, they have her uh, they have a bunch of people it's but it, you know obviously this is a retelling of like you know it's not this is not exactly what happened right how's the, how's the guy who plays Charles Manson because that's a he's okay but I you know he's only in like two scenes maybe two or three scenes he, he does not Charles Manson himself does not play a big part in the movie uh, although it is a vital role because a lot of the story revolves around his influence over, like, you know, that squad of people, like, you know, his followers, right? So, but it is, it's really good. Like, honestly, the best parts of the story really are how Leonardo DiCaprio's character tries to maintain relevance in, a, in the changing um, film industry. That's, that's where you've got the Boogie Nights parallel. Okay. I yeah, guess, and guess. then, like... Um, because Dirk Diggler goes through, you know, the videotape era. Or, uh, yeah, exactly. Or, or, or Burt Russell. To, like, yeah, you know, how Burt, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's amazing because uh, Bruce Lee was in that movie, or the actor that's playing Bruce Lee, right? And that's about the same time that he was trying to break in mm-hmm. to the movies. And, you know, there's a great scene with the Bruce Lee character in the film. Uh, when, you know, back on when he was on the Green Hornet and he plays, uh, K- what is it, Kato? Kato. Right? Yeah, yeah, like back when he played Kato. Uh, it's very, Kurt Russell's in the movie. It, it's Russell. just really good. This film has everybody. Like, I mean, it's just it's an amazing. Dakota Fanning is in there. There's a there's a ton of uh, talent in the movie. It's great. Uh, Emil Hirsch is in there. It's just a really good movie. Yeah. And they have they got like a, you know, everyone who is somebody in that era plays a role in the movie. Like they have they have a character that plays uh, someone plays Roman Polanski in there. There's just, just a ton of. Uh, allusion to a lot of the people who were big in that time and it's a really really good movie okay now being probably being the biggest quentin tarantino fan in the room you are 
Because I was going to say, we're talking about Quentin Tarantino's films today. I am not a Quentin Tarantino fan. You know, I'm actually not a Quentin Tarantino fan either. I actually I do. actually don't think his, his films just don't resonate with me. I'm not going to hate on him. It's just, you know, and it's not like I have any problem with excessive violence or gratuitous use of profanity or um, it. I, I just think he unnecessarily goes over the top a lot of the time. Too much dialogue, too many curse words, you know, too much fighting and gore you know like i that's how i initially really saw a lot of quentin tarantino films but i think he's really pared it down a little bit in the past years and i i really feel like so he's growing yeah oh he's definitely developed a lot as a director and uh what's cool is even though his style has changed a bit it's still unique i think it's pretty easy to identify a film from Quentin Tarantino, you know, like, mm. so, and, and that's what we're going to discuss today. That's what we're really going to jump into the top five films, or at least our list of top five films by Quentin Tarantino. And he only has 11 now, right? This is his nine 11. or 11. Uncle Ken, do you remember? Uh, he has about 11, uh, two, of the, uh, two of those 11 films. Uh, it was partial uh, direction he directed. Ah, so, and we're only talking about the ones he directed, not even the ones that, you know, he wrote the screenplay for, like, uh, uh, natural born, natural born killer. It's not like he's like Joe Dante or Dario Argento, where they're like they're cranking out you know thirty of these things. Yeah, you know a what? year, and they have projects after project, and it's some I'm sort actually of pretty crazy. surprised that there's only nine or eleven films. He, like, he, he, I really he thought he had a bunch more, but actually, yes, about thirteen films. Ah. Uh, some of the films that he was doing, some of the films that he was doing, was acting in it, was writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he wrote it or, or whatever the case may be, but uh, in reality, he. Uh, he uh, co-directed two of them, or partially anyway, and, and uh, the rest. So that's a total of 13 films. Uh, mm, that's quite a bit. Okay. So, I mean, we'll start f- number five, or like my top five. The worst one is, I guess, and this is debatable, is uh, Reservoir Dogs. So, I don't know, what year did Reservoir Dogs come out? 91? Maybe 91, right? Yeah, there's 92. Um, 92? I always thought that Reservoir Dogs and the usual... Okay, so what is that movie about? Because I don't even know. Reservoir Dogs is about uh, a bank robbery, right? A bank heist Uh that's kind of gone wrong. And uh, all the people involved in the heist, they don't know each other's real identities or names. So they're named by colors. So there's Mr. Pink, Mr. White, Mr. Blue. Mr. Green. Mr. Yeah. So, and then mm. it's basically how they uh, arrive at this, like, warehouse facility and try to figure out their next step or what's going on or who's trying to, you know, swindle who out of money or, who, you know, what, what really is going on behind the scenes. It's pretty uh, well developed. It's Quentin Tarantino's first movie, I think. I'm not sure, but uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. It has a a couple good twists at the end uh, that really make the movie and it's a strong cult classic it's very violent and it's very vulgar uh, that's the second movie that he directed yeah there you go and, in 1987 he directed My Best Friend's Birthday hmm. I never seen short that film one. is also the editor of that not to be confused with My Best Friend's Wedding completely different story <laughs> yeah My definitely not Quentin Birthday 1987 but Reservoir Dogs is a super good movie it had Steve Buscemi uh Michael Madsen 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 I think it was in everything back then um, what's that guy's name Timothy uh, Oliphant no no uh, I like him he's cool Timothy Oliphant yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's very talented I had a bunch of dudes it was uh, Timothy Oliphant is in uh, 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. I saw it's, him in the preview. The movie, the movie's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Anyway, but uh, yeah. Clearly, but, that's not your number five. That It is not my number five. I actually yeah. didn't know what I was going to think when coming into the other movie, but I, I, I'm going to put it up there pretty high, I guess. Reservoir Dogs, five for me. Or number five on my list. My thing is, okay... I'm gonna buck tradition. I'm gonna say, of course, my number one is is Pulp Fiction, like everybody else's. I kind of, I just have number one, and then everything else. Okay, that's fine. You got number it's, one. It's because, because again, it's just I'm not like a big Tarantino guy. I appreciate the fact that he only works on really major projects. His movies have a lot of money behind them. Um, there's a lot of production quality. He's very stylistic. Um, it's just, it's it's excessive to me. It's you know. Don't bring me out a salad that's a very, very light salad and then drown it in ranch dressing and everything. Wow, that's... So you think that it's like light on substance? Because I don't... You know, honestly, I think... uh, No, it's just too much of everything. hmm. I remember the first time I watched Kill Bill, I was like, wow, this is a very big budget production, but I don't need to see 45 straight minutes of... Asha, have you seen Pulp Fiction? I've seen parts of it. See, Pulp Fiction's not even on my list of five. Because yeah. that's my that's my number one. I thought that I thought that was a good film. Still a oh, little it's bit. It's pretty awesome top. film. It is a pretty awesome film. It is awesome. And it's film. when did that come out? Ninety two. I don't know. No, no, maybe like ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah. And it's a it's a sequence of like vignettes that, that you can see throughout the film. The ending of one, they they have like and they, and they tell it very broken and, and as you get into like maybe hour or minute ninety minute well one hundred twenty. Like, John Travolta's okay. in that, right? Yeah. Okay. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. That's, uh, what's his what, name? Bruce Willis. Is yeah. she the one in the black wig? Yeah. 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 Uh, they're, they're doing the, the dance. Yeah. We just did it. Ken and I just and booked, got the thing. The, the adrenaline the, yeah. syringe in the heart by Eric Samuel Jackson. She's the one Jackson on the cover, was in. right? She's the one on the cover? Yeah. 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 Okay. I'm the cleaner. <laughs> Dang, I gotta watch these movies. Oh my gosh. Uma, Uma Thurman's daughter is in this movie too. In, in Once Upon a upon, uh, Once upon Time. How old is the daughter? She's in a bunch of movies now. Or she's in. She's Where the girl from Stranger Things. The freaking the, one, the friend. Yeah, yeah. Wait, this really? this is the, this yeah. is the daughter um, she has with uh, Ethan Hawke. The one who works at yeah. the hot dog stand or the yeah. ice cream yeah. store. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was okay. gonna say she looks like. Can her. I just she say reminded that he, me of her. We always knew. It's okay. I, I'm unfamiliar with who this actress is. Is she is she very good looking? She looks like her mom. She's, she's okay. Like, yeah. Because like on paper, Ethan Hawke. And Uma Thurman would have the best-looking babies ever. Yeah. Are two, wait, are they married? They used to be for a very long time. Is that his daughter? Oh, wait, were they ever married or they were just together for forever? <laughs> Guys, don't ask me. I don't live next to Uma Thurman or Ethan Hawke. I don't know. What I thought you knew everything, Ken. People <laughs> magazine, yes. Well, Asha, Miss uh, E... E news. Let me go look right now. <laughs> so yeah, can you explain Pulp Fiction for those who haven't watched it? Oh gosh, it's. <laughs> Um, like what happened? I can't even really li- describe it's that. The day more. in a life of the this gangster basically employs John Travolta as his as his main hitman and says, "Okay, I've got some business to do. I want you to take my girlfriend out, show her a really good time. You cannot touch her." Which now that I think about it, is the exact same premise of R. Kelly's R. "Keep It on the Down Low" video, right? <laughs> With Mr. Big. With the Isleys. With the Isley brother. Well, oh, my God, no. yeah. Oh, Ron. Ron Isley. Ethan Hawke is her dad. Ethan Hawke is her dad, yeah. Holy cow. 
That, that was the exact same premise as it. And the other thing, don't F with me, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. So basically, and he says, okay, take her around, show her a good time. And it's, there's John Travolta and Samuel Jackson are the... Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. He was good in that movie. And it's just this series of strange events that ha- and it's it's not just that's not the only story. And then you've got Bruce Willis, who's a washed out boxer, and then you know Uma Thurman. What does she take? Drugs or she gets drunk or something? Yeah, I'm not drugs, drugs. Yeah, and then her heart stops, and then so John Travolta takes her to Eric Stoltz, who's like comes out. And again, I guess there's another parallel with um, uh, Boogie Nights. Because he's like some chemist or something like that. And he comes out wearing only a bathrobe. Just like that fake uh, Ron Jeremy dude from Boogie Nights. Um, shocks Uma Thurman back to life. Meanwhile, you've got this other sub-story with uh, Bruce Willis. And then he runs into Ving Rhames of all people. Who's got like, you know, ties him up to a chair. He's got a ball gag in his mouth. He gets beat worse than anyone has ever gotten beaten. Um, breaks out a samurai sword, right? Sodomite. So- yeah, that's right. Dude. Just severe sodomy. Um, and it's just... Uh, it's it's brilliant storytelling. I've always thought so. But it, it was just way over the top. And, it, and it's really terrible to watch that kind of movie, specifically Pulp Fiction on cable, just because there's so much going on and there's, you know, there's all these you know, tie-ins and everything like that. And to constantly cut away to commercial break, it just mm. ruins the movie. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Tarantino wrote that. He not only directed it, he actually wrote It's it's story. a it's a bizarre story, but it's it's cool. Yeah. But um every frame is entertaining though. No. There are two that I kind of keep pretty close, uh The Hateful Eight and uh Inglorious Bastards. Ooh. <laughs> Like, did you guys like any of those? Well, which we talked about last week. Okay, those are so, fourth on my list. So, Inglorious so. Bastards was with Brad Pitt. Okay, and does yeah, Inglorious and does, Eli Roth was in Does Tarantino have a tendency to use the same cast, or at least the same? Yeah, I mean, I think you because, like they said, like Scorsese has used Leo like nine hundred yeah, times, right? Yeah. And you know, Tarantino has used Leo a couple times now too. Yeah, and he always used Samuel Jackson. He's used so. Brad Pitt a couple times. He's used Samuel Jackson a couple times. Yeah, he used Leo in what in, in uh, Django yeah. Unchained, Django Unchained, and Once Upon a Time. In- yeah. Use Kurt Russell a couple of times. I mean, hey, if you got chemistry with somebody, why use not? Kurt Russell and uh, Hateful Eight. But uh, Inglorious Bastards is pretty cool, and it's pretty similar to what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is, in that it's kind of a historical fiction piece, right? It takes place during World War Two, um, but it's just kind of a untrue rendition of accounts that happened during World War Two, right? Which is you know, which is always fun to mix in a little bit of fact with fiction, I think. Uh, you know, like a little what if kind of thing. Revisionist history. Yeah, which I, I think can be uh, enjoyable at some point. And uh, I mean, it was kind of cool, right? It was pretty raw, though, pretty vo- uh, violent, I would say. Probably one of the more violent uh, Pulp- uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, mm-hmm. I think. And Hateful uh, Eight is a little more well actually you know something about Inglorious Bastards I really liked was that uh, what's his name Christopher Waltz that's the name yeah, Waltz, Christopher Waltz yeah. Chris, Christoph Waltz. Uh, Christoph Waltz I think he was brilliant like he was brilliant there I don't know if it's maybe the the writing but the dialogue between him and American soldiers when they're in the bar is excellent it's probably one of my favorite like 
um, dialogues in movie history. I think I, I, I really enjoyed that. He owned that uh, opening scene. Uh, oh yeah, when, when, when he went to the farmhouse, even oh, that, yeah. like even that's an amazing mm-hmm. like. So I, I mean that 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 movie's pretty good. That's that that movie's definitely pretty good. Hateful Eight is pretty similar too. There's a lot of dialogue between Samuel Jackson and Kurt Russell inside the saloon. Hateful Eight is about um, a deputy marshal or something, and you, this is back in like the Western or like Western times, and he takes some prisoners to um, a saloon. And they have to ride out a storm, and at the saloon are other uh, people, and it's a kind of culminates into this climax where you know there's gunfire and fighting and a bunch of crazy stuff happening. Wait a minute, did Tarantino direct from Dust Till Dawn? No. Or was that Robert Rodriguez? But he was in it. He was in it. He was in it, but he did not. Direct I don't know who directed it. Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, <clears> hmm. <throat> He didn't direct it, but I don't know. Because that was Robert Rodriguez. Was it Robert Rodriguez? Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yep. He was the executive producer. Ah, there you go. But yeah, he was he was definitely in it. Uh, it was, yeah, no, yeah, he was definitely in it. For some for for a good portion of it. Yeah, it was him and um George Clooney. Yeah. Salma Hayek. Oh yeah. At her peak. That was a nice Salma Hayek though. All right, uh, you know what? You know what's interesting about Tarantino is he—he's never been, you know, like love him or hate him. He has never been pigeonholed into saying like he only does these kind of movies. I mean, as we as we've now seen, he's got the very bizarre, completely chaotic storytelling that would be like you know like emblematic of jazz, right? Like just making a movie and it's all over the place. And but there is some organization to it. Um, he's done the westerns. He's done almost, you know, he's done the, the martial arts movies with the Kill Bill series. Um, now he's doing period pieces with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not a lot of directors can do that. You know, Scorsese was kind of... Well, I don't know. I mean, I think Scorsese he, was, was locked into, like, his, his genre for a while. And um, Well, he only does... It, John I, Singleton was like that. Well, I mean, to be fair, I don't think this is a wide gamut of uh, genres that he's doing. Like, he's staying pretty consistent with the projects he likes right he likes spaghetti westerns he likes those revisionist history pieces mm-hmm. right and i mean that's what he does like django and chain hateful eight in uh and glorious bastard django he's uh, doing like a world war ii movie yeah but i mean that's revi- and, you know, which is completely time, different from kill bill sure but once upon a time in hollywood kill uh i'm sorry django and chain hateful eight uh kill bill they're all pretty much the same movie like Really, even Inglorious Bastards, to some extent, is pretty much the same kind of film. Like, two big set dialogue pieces combined with action in, like, one pivotal plot story. Like, that's all it is. It's the same stuff. Like, you know, I think, like, the Grindhouse movies are a little more different. But, like, you can really tell his, like, where he gets his, um, gosh, what do you call it? Uh, His inspiration from, like, the type of 70s films that you know inspired his style like it's it's pretty clear like i I think if you were shown scenes from 10 different movies you'd be able to pick out the quentin tarantino ones like if someone's like which one of these films was done by quentin tarantino i think most people who have at least seen two or three quentin tarantino films would be able to pick those all out Hmm. i mean i think i i don't know it seems pretty simple like the art style creative direction that's interesting because i i I the music you know the music especially like 
kind of got like that loud, not very harmonious sounding sound. It's just kind of there and it's loud. It plays an important part of the. Wait, was Inglorious Bastards known for its for its soundtrack? Was that were no, there, was there a sing- because Pulp Fiction definitely was Pulp Fiction had there was a song when they were doing the dance there was a you know girl you'll be a woman soon um, that was all over MTV I remember that I was in college when that came such out. a good song too but I'm talking like Kill Bill you know how it has like the free uh, what do you call that uh, the wood pipe or like that woodwind pan thing? flute yeah I don't know what it is but you know that like those things are that's Yanni right yeah Yanni. those things are wild. Well, you know, Tarantino is, uh, it, it does not make movies that are predictable. And a lot of people will probably like to go and see his next movie to so, see what uh, he created in his mind this time, this weird guy. Because none agree. of his movies are really, it's not like a, ooh, you know, boy meets a girl in the beginning and then they fall in love and get a divorce towards the end of the movie kind of thing. But you could actually predict it. I think it's just, this is something that will take you out of the realm. It's pure entertainment I yeah. feel maybe gory at times but it's pure entertainment but you know what's interesting is the the only two directors who I really feel a specific way about I'm, I'm almost like indifferent are Quentin Tarantino and Spike Lee like if I hear it's like oh they've got like a new film coming out I'm not rushing to the theater to see it but then again I'm not also trying so hard to you know to not see it I was, I was like well you know I mean if something comes out by Spielberg or Scorsese or um there's Scorsese's your favorite. Yeah, who's who's another like a uh, really well James um, Cameron or something. Yeah, or even Rob Zombie. I mean, I would see I would see like a Rob Zombie. Man, Asha, you're a big uh, you like a you've watched House of a Thousand Corpses and The Devil's Rejects, right? You never watched House of a Thousand Corpses? You'd like that one. <laughs> Why would Asha like that one? Because it's very gory. Because it's 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 filled with a lot of like old school horror schlock, which is which is very entertaining, which is good. Hmm. Okay, did you watch the remake of uh, Halloween? He did that. Um, Tarantino's the remake. Yeah, not the or not the, the latest one. The Tarantino has never done like a remake here. He's never tried to like do any reboots. Yeah, because he does his own stuff. Yeah, no. Like, that's what and uh, I mean, he's the leader, not a follower. I, you know, I, I have a newfound respect for. He's Herbie Hancock. Tar- he's not Will I Am. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> I. Like I, I am like you a lot. I don't. I think a lot of it is just over the top and gory or just too much. But then, you know, I really respect his cra- like his knowledge of his craft and how well he's refined a lot um, of his films. I think like really like the dialogue conversation is one of the most. It can be one of the most boring things in a film, but when it's good, it's just totally engaging and really locks you deeper into the film and i i think he has succeeded in hitting the bullseye like at least in his past five or six movies like he's always hit the mark with that like with with inglorious bastards with the hateful eight once upon a time in hollywood Django and chain definitely like how many of these movies have won major awards major awards i don't even know does it say they're on a Trusty Wikipedia Uncle Ken. What is a major award? I'm, I'm thinking is that like just you know, Oscars only, or are we talking at least SAG award or something? Golden Golden Globe for Best Picture and Oscar for Best Picture. I don't think any. I don't know if there, any of them have won it, but because didn't Jamie Foxx win for Django Unchained? Did he? But, th- but that was actor. Right? I don't know. Obviously, but so you know, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's my third. That I, that would be third on my list. Man, I really want to watch that now. 
And I'd say Kill Bill is number two for me. What do you think about Kill Bill, Jason? I saw the first one. Um, again, I thought, wait, was it... The final fight was with Lucy Liu, right? For the first one. Yeah, for the first yeah. one. And, and that, that was out like the night, you know, yeah. the stars and everything. The snow. Who did she fight when they were inside the pagoda? When she had that like, you know, there was... Um... Daryl Hannah? Was that Daryl Hannah? The one with the eye patch? No, and then like coming down like the steps and she had to like... And that one, um, the one woman had like, like. Oh, oh the uh, Japanese girl with the maces and stuff. Oh yeah, with the mace. I forgot her name. Okay, that that was crazy. The crazy eighty-eight yep. chick with the with the chains and, yeah, um, yeah, it's. it's like, see, that one is a violent, super violent. It's movie. ultra violent. I mean, it's good though. I mean, it's good. I I mean, it's just a throwback to a traditional, like martial arts type of I don't know most martial arts most, so? most kung fu movies I grew up watching weren't that violent I mean no but like you know the the, the flying, sound the effects the flying guillotine wasn't that violent and the, you're talking about like a, a device which is meant to like what was it like you, you rev it up like you're, like you're starting a lawnmower the thing like flies around lands on your head and saws your head off at the shoulder and that wasn't as violent as like the Quentin Tarantino no, but battle I mean scene. like you know the sound effects like the costume direction the the music oh, man. it's how, more like west see it's like a, it's a martial arts western how many ta- i would call it that that's that's fair that's right? that's very yeah, accurate so. that's fair how many times how many people have you seen on halloween wearing like uma thurman's like all all, never seen all yellow jumpsuit ju- with, with the black I've never stripe seen you've never seen that you see that all over the place anyone wear that yeah never i've never seen anyone wear that you've never no i've never seen anyone wear that. even like on facebook uh, maybe i don't know Asha, you've seen that, right? Which one? Asha, People dressing up like Uma Thurman, like with the with the yellow jumpsuit and like the samurai sword for like Halloween. for Halloween, yeah, yeah. So, so we're gonna age Asha right here. Like, Kilbo's twenty years old. Did it come out in '99? Right, it's about twenty years old. I didn't yeah, think it was that old. How crazy is that? When it was when I Kill saw Bill? it. Bro, don't tell me Kilbo's twenty years old. How old am I? Two thousand three, two thousand three, two thousand four. Okay, okay. You know, the All yellow right. uh, outfit, jumpsuit that she was wearing, see, Uma Thurman, was uh, not to uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. Yeah, exactly, it was right? It Game of Death. Yeah, uh, see, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why this thingy. guy doesn't think it, it's like a... This, I told you, it is a martial arts movie. It's totally a martial arts movie. It's totally a tribute to martial arts films. Like, you know, there's all the henchmen that you have to get through to get to so, the main so guy. It's, like, so it's yeah. like Quentin Tarantino's homage to... Yeah. Well, and remember, Game sort of Death, of course, gave rise to one of the greatest moments in pop culture. The creation of the Nintendo 8-bit game Kung Fu. Remember? At the end of every level, you had to fight the one... The one guy had, like, the little pots with the... Yeah, with the snakes in them and then, then you start like throwing them and then what was it one guy had boomerangs just like Bruce Lee in Game of Death fought Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the end from halfway across the room <laughs> yeah, that's which is the character that gave rise to another video game classic Dalsin no is that where it came from or you just well, Kareem, totally, Kareem you was just like, totally made that up anyway Okay, so I guess we talked about most of the movies except Django Unchained. Did you watch Django Unchained? J- Django Unchained, I've seen parts of it, and I, I, I wasn't. Oh, man, that movie is awesome. Nah. That movie is so ridiculous. It's over the... Th- everything, everything's over the top. I would agree that Django Unchained is pretty much over the top, but, like, the acting is good. And uh, Leo was in the movie. He did great. 
Jamie Foxx, obviously a really good actor. Um, what's his name? Uh, Samuel Jackson was in there. He played in he had an awesome role. I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was pretty good. Christopher Christoph Waltz was in that movie too. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. And and he was excellent in that movie too. That, that's probably he was probably better in that than he was in Inglorious Bastard. So I think so. Yeah, I think mm. I think Django and Chain was probably my f- of all the Quentin Tarantino movies. I think that is the best one. And Kill Bill's my second favorite. I'd say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a close third. It is really really good actually. This is worth watching, Jason. You should take the time. Okay, to so if, watch if that movie. as we wrap up, if if there's one key thing that you do like. And that you take away from Quentin Tarantino's film, whether it be something visual, his use of camera movement, um, his writing. It's the dialogue. For me, it's the dialogue. Me too. I like the conversation between like one or two or two or three characters uh, in set pieces. Like, I think that's... Like in Pulp Fiction. He's like... Yeah, even... So what what do they call... You know, in in America, we've got a quarter pounder with cheese. Did you know that in France, they have McDonald's there, but they called it... Burger Royale. <laughs> is that what? Is that what yeah. I mean, it's good. It's like, like who, who comes up? Who comes up with that? And, and again, these are the things that, that make people absolutely abhor Quentin Tarantino because it's like, what did that do to the story at all? But they're memorable, dude. They're like, super memorable. In, in, yeah, it is. In nine out of ten other movie productions, that's the kind of stuff that winds up on the cutting room floor because they were like, okay, you know, the studio heads will say get rid of 14 minutes and they always wind up trimming that stuff because you know it's extraneous but those are the that's the kind of thing to me that stands out about his films and that, that to me that would be the strongest part i mean he's he is very detail oriented he pays incredible attention to detail he has a firm grasp on the visuals again that final scene in in kill bill when she fights lucy Liu out there on those the you know the white Stones that they're they're walking on top of and everything like that. Lucy Lou's kimono is mm-hmm. like a certain way. Yeah, they have the, the katanas. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I I mean, but to me, it's all about the dialogue. No, it, I to me it is too. Like the final scene of Reservoir Dogs is like that. Uh, you know, no spoilers, but you know that scene is like that. Like Uncle Ken and I were saying, the scene in the bar in Inglorious Bastards mm-hmm. where they talk about how he ordered the drinks when he said the number six. That was you just, know. And those are plot-specific devices, you know? Like, I mean, it is random, but it it was to some kind of result, right? Like, you know, because of that dialogue, something else would happen, you know? And I think that's something he's really fine-tuned over the past few years. And you'll see this with, like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There's a scene where uh, Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to this 8-year-old girl who's also an actress. She's an actress. And they're having a little dialogue while they sit outside for before the shoot. It's brilliant. It's okay, we, we talked about him never doing like a reboot or a retake or mm-hmm. a re- remake, retelling, whatever. If there's one movie you want to see Quentin Tarantino do in the Quentin Tarantino style. Uh, a remake or something? Yeah, if you were going to see him remake one movie. Man, I don't know. It's so tough. If he was going to go all Michael Bay on, on a movie. I don't know. Maybe Warriors? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Maybe That's like a good Warriors pick. Or... Yeah, you know. <laughs> it's a movie critic pick. No, that is really interesting. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't know. Like, I what I like about Twen- uh, Quentin Tarantino is I have like no idea, like what the movie. I was gonna say I, I would like to be about. Like, I would like to see Quentin Tarantino's cool. interpretation of Bad Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be different. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd like it. I, you know, I don't know. I'm a fan now. I, I, I wasn't really a fan, but I think now I'm, I like it. I, this movies are pretty good. Okay. Well, we fanboyed and fangirled so much over The Lion King. Is there yep. anything else that you guys are looking forward to coming up? There's a bunch of stuff. Like, you know, we There's in one our, movie in I'm looking for. a couple Scary weeks movies. ago. Yeah. One movie, I, one movie I've got my heart set on. What? It Book 2. It Book oh, 2. Oh, yeah, and that. You know, the scary... Scary, scary stories. stories. Things you're afraid of. You know, there's a bunch of good films coming out. So a lot of stuff to be excited to. Uh, excited for it. Thank you guys for joining us for another episode of Real Talk. Brought to you by the fine folks of Tango... Uh, fine folks at Tango Theaters where you can catch uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, make sure you check it out it's a great movie by Quentin Tarantino keep the kids at home for that one though <laughs> uh, how, how much profanity is in that? there is a good amount of profanity they cursed a lot in the 70s there is a good amount of profanity it is you know it is a fun fun story if you like Boogie Nights you will like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for sure like, it's, it's just a great movie so check that out you know, I live through 1969. <laughs> I just joined the service, so everything that's happening there, I, I want to go and see this movie. You should watch it. Because it's, it's, a, it's a time kind of thing, era kind of thing, the late 60s. Loads of things were happening over there. Uh, well, in 1969, I was negative five years old. Yeah. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> I want to hear this. <laughs> you know, this, like, and you know, that's the thing. I'm, you know, obviously I wasn't alive then, but, uh, you know, when I watch a movie that's like when I was a kid, like, 80s or 90s I'm like oh that's you know there's a nostalgia that you can feel and you enjoy about that moment so uh, and even through when I watch something like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like I still feel a sense of nostalgia even though I didn't really experience or I didn't experience that like I've seen enough 70s movies to be like oh this is what it's like you know and then I I think uh, I think that's always fun to kind of capture a glimpse of the past right that was real right because that's real like the things that happened in that day were real but you know mixed in with a little hollywood fiction right so and that's what <clears throat> once upon a time in hollywood is so definitely let's check it out guys very cool until next time yep happy, happy movie, movie. <laughs>